With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. Hey, you guys, I wanted to tell you that I just got back from this whirlwind weekend in Texarkana, Texas. But I wanted to encourage you with what I heard on Sunday morning from uh, Pastor Jeff Shreve. The sermon was all about the book of Revelation, chapter 2, with a message entitled, Prone to Wander. And this was a whole series that tied in beautifully with the American Campfire Revival because it was all about reviving dead things. And in order to be revived, it implies that we, we, were, we, were, we were revived in the beginning, but then something went wrong. We wandered away and we lost the vitality that we once had and we need to be revived. Uh, that word vive is, is to come to life. And, and so that word is really applying to the family of faith. God revive us as the family of faith so that we can bring life to our nation. We can bring life to the world. In fact, that's our job. That's what we're here to do is to heavenize the earth. And so I just loved and, and, and just ate up every, every word that he said from the pulpit. And um, he played that, that, uh, that song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And the words in it go on to tell the story of a man who, who wrote this song, who, who was once far away from God and he lived a rebellious life. He denied God's existence and he just, he lived in debauchery and rebellion and then eventually came to his senses and turned his heart to God. He came to faith. God granted him repentance and the ability to trust him with all of his heart and then follow him. But he found that he began to wander away from God. He was prone to wander. And so he wrote this poem expressing the, 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 the feelings in his heart, a lot like the King David did when he wrote Psalms um, and expressed what was on his heart, kind of like journaling his thoughts and his temptations and his hopes and fears and turning it into uh, a melodious sonnet or a song. And, and some of these words uh, of, this, of this famous hymn were, Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily, I'm constrained to be. He recognized that every single day, he is a debtor. He is in debt to God's grace, his undeserved kindness. And he goes on to say, let your goodness, like a fetter, like, like, a, like, a, like chains, bind my wandering heart to thee. I know that, that, that I, I can feel that at times. I say, God, I love you with all of my heart. And yet it's like I have a heart that's like a, like, a, like a stray animal that just sort of wanders from the home that nourishes it. God, why in the world would I wander away from you and be, be drawn to, to lesser things when you are my everything? And yet he lamented that this was true about his own heart. Do you ever feel that way? He said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God that I love. And then he says, here is my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. 
God, here is my heart. It tends to wander like a chain. Tie me to you so that I never wander away. Seal my heart for, for your courts in heaven above. And then he told the story that as the man grew older, he wandered so far away from God that he found himself on a carriage one day, I believe it was in England, and the other person that was riding in this public carriage was a woman and she was, was humming the tune to come thou fount of every blessing. And she looked at him and she said, uh, sir, I wonder, uh, have you ever heard that song? And of course she was sitting across from the author of the hymn. And as the story goes, he said, I wrote the lyrics to that sonnet. And then he was quoted to have said, and I would give a thousand worlds to have the feelings I had when I wrote that song. Do you hear what he's saying? He knew that his heart was prone to wander away from God and, and love God less and less than he did in the beginning. When his heart was filled with love for God and gratitude for God's grace, and he knew that he needed God to keep him or he would wander away. And in fact, he had wandered so far away, he was admitting to her that he no longer even had the feelings of love for God that he had when he wrote that song. Do you ever feel that way? I think if anyone in the family of faith is being honest and transparent, which is difficult these days, because you get thrown to the wolves and uh, you get attacked and hammered for being transparent. But I think if anyone in the family of faith is transparent, we would have to say that the Bible's right when it says that our heart is fickle, our heart is easily deceived. In fact, by nature, it is deceitful and even desperately wicked, prone to wander from the God that we love. Husbands and wives wander away from the spouse that they have vowed to cherish. And why do we do that? It's because our desperate condition of selfishness is so deeply ingrained in us that we're not only willing to wander from people we love, we're even prone to wander from the God that made us and saved us and changes us and died for us. And that's why we, we cry out to God to, to bind our hearts to him like a fetter, like, like, like unbreakable chains so that we cannot leave him, even if we're prone to wander from him. And that just resonated within my heart. And he gave the solution to this. In Revelation chapter two, he talks about how the spirit of God said to the church in this city called Ephesus, you know, the book of Ephesians is actually to the people of the city of Ephesus. And they were a people who did many good things and God commended them for that. But he said, this I have against you. You have, you have fallen away and forgotten your first love. You have many good things you're, you're doing, but the greatest thing you've forgotten. And that greatest thing 
is the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind and your soul. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so the cure was, he said, remember where you've fallen from. Remember the love that you once had from God. Remember the pedestal that you put yourself on and then realized as you nosedived into immorality and rebellion that God sent his son to die on a cross to pay the price for your sin. And he rescued you in pure love and mercy and kindness that we didn't deserve. Remember where you've fallen from and repent. That is to, to turn away from your wandering and your wickedness and your pride and selfishness and return to the things you did at first. What's that? You, you cried out to God. You recognized your need and you trusted him with all of your heart and you thanked him for his goodness and respond quickly before the Lord snuffs out your light. And he's saying this to the church in the city of Ephesus. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian healthcare ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. And on the other side of that remembering and that returning to God is revival. And that's what we're talking about here at American Campfire Revival. We want to see life flowing back into our hearts and into our homes and our families, communities, churches, economy, business, politics, government, nation, and the whole world. And it starts by remembering. And the only thing I would add to this beautiful sermon that I heard on Sunday was to remember not only where we've fallen from personally as individuals, but how far we have fallen nationally as Americans. Think of what we have been given from God. We've been given his word and the freedom to read it. We have been given the spirit of God and the power to not only overcome our personal sins, but we've been given the power to break the chains of government tyranny that has enslaved the world for 5,000 years. We've been given the heritage of the freest nation on the planet. We have religious freedom to love and, 
and, and worship God freely. In America, we have been given freedom of speech, something that is rare and precious in the world. We have been given economic freedom for you to be able to be to, to think of what you want to do with your life and pursue those things, whether you're black or white or brown or male or female or Republican or Democrat, whether you're a believer or you are a non-believer. And we could come up with other categories. We are living in the freest, most blessed and prosperous nation in the history of the world. And we have to remember that to be able to recognize how far we have fallen as we see these liberties fall away on our watch, on our watch as the family of faith. If Think of this, if, if America and its light is snuffed out and the light of the torch of liberty is quenched on our watch in this generation, because we have not been diligent to protect it and fight for it and maintain it. Future generations will look back on us and what will we say to them? We remember what it was like when America was free. We can't do that. What will we say to God? Think of the burden that we carry, the responsibility that we carry in this generation to not allow liberty to die on our watch. We have heroes in the past, like our forefathers, the pilgrims, the founding fathers and mothers who have given us this great heritage. And we must remember that. We must repent of our selfishness and this identity politics and these kind of mandates that are stripping us of our constitutional rights and constitutional protections and blessings. We must repent of the kind of political divisions that are going to tank our liberties and destroy our children's future and return to the things we did at first. Love God with all of our heart and get back into covenant with God. Governing ourselves according to the Ten Commandments trusting God and loving every neighbor as much as we love ourselves and obeying his word in every aspect of life. If we return to that, we are setting ourselves and our nation up for revival, for life again and liberty, lasting blessing. We need to remember that our blessings come from God. We need to repent and turn from our wicked ways and seek God's blessing and protection with all of our heart. And he instituted by proclaiming this day, today, a day of prayer, humility, and fasting. That's a little different from uh, the proclamations and mandates that are coming from my state of California, let's say, or the proclamations that are being uh, laid down uh, in states uh, like New York and other places that I've been. But I hope and pray that more people in government leadership will have these convictions of their hearts so that not only does the family of faith at the grassroots level begin to spread fires of revival from the bottom up, but we begin to see leaders spread it from the top down.
Because when the mandates from heaven kick in, those are mandates that we comply with, with joyful hearts. Because we know that they produce blessing. And so that's what I'm hoping that you'll pray for tonight. Continue to pray for one another. Con consider going to our, our brand new website and getting a hold of this 10 lesson course that summarizes the American Campfire Revival book and comes with your journal and hold a campfire in your backyard so that we can have thousands of them across the country. And we're doing our part to spread revival and help people remember that we live in the greatest country on earth and that we need to return to those founding principles once again. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.